Hello and welcome to Crib Nest Podcast, the podcast where I write the story and I decide where it goes. This is going to be our third episode here. Uh, we have two previous ones. If you are interested in listening to them, absolutely do. You can kind of get the vibe for how this whole story goes. For the people who are new here, it's basically I am going to be creating a story based off of a very common cryptic that kind of has gone around. And at any point in time, Jasper here can make a whole new pathway decision and I will have to continue the story. No hesitation. Get your blankets, some hot cocoa, maybe some tea, and get comfy. Make yourself your little nest because we get them ready to get spooky. All right, this story takes place on your average night. It's around 10 o'clock at night. Rowan has just put their children to sleep. Their wife, Elizabeth, is currently in bed, reading, not quite asleep, kind of winding down from a busy week. It's not specifically a weekend, not specifically a weekday. It's any day, any kind of night, just a calm, normal night. Children are sleeping. The weather is calm, quiet, a soft breeze that illuminates the full moon. Full moons do bring out the crazies, they say. Rowan is downstairs, enjoying a few more minutes of television before they wind up for the night and head to bed. They have an early morning, as they always do, getting their children ready and off school. When there's a knock at the door, it's 10 o'clock at night. Who could possibly be knocking at the door? Their wife, Elizabeth, steps out of their room and comes down the stairs, looking at Rowan, holding her robe close to her body. Rowan gets up, and he walks over to the door slowly. Another knock. Okay, who can it be? At first, maybe thinking it was, you know, a prank or something. Kids live all throughout this neighborhood. It's kind of your your average normal cul-de-sac area. Like, each house is, has a pretty sizable yard and space between each other. Not too close, not too far. They can't exactly see into their neighbor's windows, but if they look hard enough, they sure could. Rowan approaches the door, and through the glass part at the top, looks out and doesn't see anybody. That's not too typical. The glass part's about five feet off the floor, so they could have been just shorter. Whatever. Rowan approaches and looks out the little peephole. And when they do, they see two children standing at the door. Oh, children! Rowan exclaims to their wife, turning around to Elizabeth, who's holding their robe even closer, the chill in the house, chilling them down to the bone. Why are children here? Elizabeth questions. Rowan looks back and at the peephole and sees them just standing there. Staring at the door, they had to be around nine years old, maybe younger, not too tall, don't look that old, dressed in old, like, period-type clothing, which is concerning. Rowan watches in live as the taller one with longer hair, who they're assuming was a girl, reaches up and knocks on the door again. Besides that movement, neither moved. Their heads were angled down so they couldn't really see their faces through the peephole. Rowan turns back to their wife. Well, what should I do? Not fucking open the door. I don't want any. <laughs> well, you know, there's two children standing at the door. I know. So, at this point, Rowan looks back at their wife. What is their wife going to say? Is it going to be a, well, 
call out through the door, see see what they should do, or open the door and talk to them that way so you can have a closer face-to-face connection with these children. I think since they're parents, they kind of like are like, oh my god, children, so most likely going to end up opening the door to them, uh, I'm thinking. Yeah. So Rowan opens up the door. The two children stand there, staring. Their eyes are dark. Moonlight located above. It's too cold for them to be wearing a short dress, short sleeve shirts. The younger one, who had shorter hair, who Rowan was assuming was a boy, had a little hat on, like a little newsboy, newsy yeah. cap on. Their shoes look old and ragged with holes. Rowan, crouching down to their sight, goes, Hey, where are your parents? The girl's head tilts up, showing dark eyes. She goes, Can you let me in? It's awfully cold out here. Rowan looks back at Lisbeth. Lisbeth comes closer, also crouching down besides them. Where are your parents? Lisbeth asks. The girl repeats, Can you let me in? The boy chimes in. I'm very hungry. Rowan looks towards his wife. Something's not right here. Something's not right. (laughs) At this point, what are they going to do? Are they going to welcome them in? Or are they going to question them some more? Man, because I'm like, because can they kind of like, is there like a porch light or anything that they can see? Their eyes are kind of like, no porch light, only moonlight, very bright, directly above moonlight. Their eyes just look dark, dark circles underneath them. Mm. Because I think because they have kids, I feel like they'd probably be like, they'd probably let them in. Um, I don't know. Parents are just like people who have kids are like like they just like are like oh my god a child is out here in the mm-hmm. cold we need to help them kind of thing I guess so. Well, in addendum, <laughs> before you make your decision, Rowan feels a sense of dread cascade down their back. Lisbeth looks worried, biting her lip. Something's wrong. They know that there's oh, something okay. wrong. There's something off. Alright, so I think maybe, yeah, before they let them in, because they have that like instinct that hmm, maybe this is a little strange because they're not answering any of their questions. I think maybe we'll try. I'll go for the option where they question the kids a little bit more. Okay. Elizabeth stands up taller, looking down at the kids now. Rowan stays crouched. Where are your parents? Lisbeth demands. The kid tilts her head up, showing her eyes like dark ab- as- abs- obsidian. Yeah. <laughs> tilts her head up, eyes dark like black obsidian. Goes, Will you please let me in? She reaches up and she touches the doorbell, ringing the doorbell. Rowan yells, Hey, I have kids upstairs sleeping too. You can't make that much noise. She looks at them right in the eyes and goes, Will you please let me in? The boy tilts his head up, eyes matching his sister's. Let me in, he now demands. Lisbeth looks at Rowan. Well, maybe they're just really, really hungry and scared. She whispers softly to her partner. Rowan stands up to be able to talk to Lisbeth better. The kid's not moving a single inch. It didn't even look like they were breathing. 
It is really cold out, they say. Maybe we can get them in, warm them up, and call the police. But not with those fucking eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Are they going to welcome them in? Because they they literally, uh, they have a death wish if they say maybe we should let them in. Because they have that sense of dread. I don't, I feel like there's, they know like something's off. So I think maybe not, maybe they shouldn't. But at the same time, it's like those kids are going to be standing at them, at that door. So you let them in. <laughs> what are you thinking there, Jasper? <laughs> oh, man. Because I feel like the wife saw those eyes and was kind of like, hmm. Yeah, probably not. So maybe I'll choose to not let them in. I don't want them in in my house. Fair. Rowan pushes Lizbeth very gently, encouraging her to take a step back. They close the door and step out, standing directly in front of the children. Both of them lock eyes with them. Let us in, they say in unison. There's a rustling in the bushes. Rowan turns their head and sees shining, dark, black, endless eyes, multiple pairs sitting in the bushes. What's going on here, they say. They demand to know. The children say again, Just let us in. Rowan, having made up the mind that there's something going on here, takes a step back, opens the door, and goes back in, closing the door. The kids start rigorously banging, pounding at the door, ringing the doorbell, screaming their heads off. Let us in. Let us in. Lisbeth takes steps back. The kids are now awake, standing at the top of the stairs, watching as the kids ring the doorbell, bang on the door over and over and over. Lisbeth looks at their partner. Lisbeth looks at her partner. If we let them in, they'll stop. She goes. Rowan's like, there's something wrong but does not want to tell their partner that they saw all those eyes out there. That there's more than just those two. But maybe if they let in just those two, that the rest will be satisfied with that. I don't think so. (laughs) Because if you're letting us in, who is us? Because it it most likely is all of them. Because if you invite one in, you'll invite the rest. (laughs) like vampires. <laughs> yeah, it definitely could be. <laughs> definitely could be. Now, what would you do in the situation? I'd literally tell my partner, I'd be like, yo, there was a lot of like little black eyes that I saw. Black eyed peas. Would you want to worry her? Well, yeah, because it's like, if you're gonna... If they're out there already worried enough, might as well get more worried. <laughs> um, I'd probably like I'd probably let her know. I'd be like, yeah, um, I don't, those weren't the only two out there. There is more. (laughs) I feel like if you invite them in, you will have to invite the rest in. Okay, so we're not getting them in. No. Period. Period. No, I don't want them in my house. (laughs) All right. Well then, Rowan looks at their partner, Lizbeth, and goes, there's more than just two. Lisbeth lets out a high-pitched squeal of shock as her hands cover her mouth. She looks at the window. There are eyes staring back in, surrounding them, countless ones. She quickly grabs the two kids standing at the top of the stairs and runs up. 
Rowan, of course, trying to defend their family, quickly rushes to the back of the house trying to find anything to defend himself in case these people decide to get themselves in. That is, until the banging stops. The doorbell stops. All sound is gone, except the sound of a door opening. Oh, fuck. (laughs) Oh, no! (laughs) Not them letting themselves in! (laughs) Rowan, quickly, with nothing but a bottle of wine in their hand, runs back to the front door and catches their youngest son, opening the door, going, Come in. No, you fucking stupid! (laughs) Fucking... You know, you just killed us all! (laughs) Thanks a lot! Rowan shouts, running forward and grabbing their kid by the arm, holding them back up to their chest. The kids walk in, just the two, and they close the door behind them. They stand there, staring. Rowan does not exactly know what to do. They set down the bottle of wine and quickly takes a few steps back, holding their shivering child, who does not know what's going on to their body. The kids just stare. They don't move. They don't even breathe, and they absolutely do not blink, their dark, soulless black eyes staring into Rowan's soul. What do you want? they ask. The kids say nothing. Rowan quickly brings the kid to the back and sets them down in the kitchen, saying, Stay here, as strong as a parent can, and walks back out. Now there's more kids. There's four. (laughs) There are four kids. There is four kids, all dressed in different period clothing, all with dark, soulless eyes, accompanied by dark bags. None of their clothing is appropriate with the wind chill outside, but they don't seem to shiver. They don't whine. They stand in the foyer, and they stare. The time is ticking. It's 10.30 now. Rowan knows by the chime of their little antique German cuckoo clock indicating 10.30. The kids say nothing. Rowan, knowing better than to leaving their wife completely out of the circle, yells up, Lisbeth, it's too late. (laughs) Now Lisbeth here, does she want to come back down the stairs? Or does she want to stay up, hovering in their master bathroom with her two other children? Because the thing is, is that there's more of them outside. So it's like... But they will also come in. But why didn't he just go fucking upstairs in the first place with his kid? Like, why didn't he? He was gonna beat those kids up. He was gonna beat them with a wine bottle or something. He should have. Why didn't he? (laughs) Or instead of putting his son in the kitchen, he could have took his son upstairs. And they could have all went into the master bedroom. It could have been together instead of being separate. So it's like, hmm, they're separated. But yeah, now, now you're faced with a really big decision. Yeah. Rowan's standing there, afraid to lose contact because the two seconds it took to drop off their son. There was more, yeah. There was more. So now they're standing so, there. They call back to their wife. Because if it. Because that could also happen to her too if one of them eye contact breaks eye contact, summons more. So with each person doing that, all the kids will come in there. So I'm thinking she stays in the master bedroom for now. 
Okay. <laughs> Maybe she yells down, um, oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so Ron just yelled up the stairs. Lisbeth, it's too late. Lisbeth yells back down. What do you mean it's too late? (laughs) (laughs) Rowan goes, they're in the house. Lisbeth, shocked in silence, realizes how the head count that she did in her frantic bringing them up was missing one. And Rowan took too long trying to find any sort of weapon. They don't believe in guns. They didn't exactly want to stab a child, so they weren't going (laughs) to go for knives. They don't have a bat. They don't have baseball clubs, anything like that. Golf clubs, not baseball clubs. They don't have any kind of weapon, so that's what was taking so long. Enough time for the kid to hear someone at the door and go and answer the door. And they ask politely. Dumbass kid. (laughs) Dumbass kid, and now the kid is sitting in the kitchen, crying loudly, and Rowan hears it. Until suddenly they're not. They're giggling. (laughs) They're in the fucking kitchen. Man... (laughs) <laughs> and it's like he can't break eye contact with him. Oh no, you fucking stupid ass. When will you learn that your actions have consequences? <laughs> I feel like he probably, Rowan would yell at his childhood and be like, yo, come back here. Come on. Like, whoa. I don't know, man. Because it's like, does Rowan realize that he, he most likely realizes that if he breaks eye contact, there's going to be more, right? I, th- I think I think they got the, the vibe by this point. Okay. And they're already... The k- two kids, and then there's two more. But they're already coming in anyways. So we might as well go check on in on his child if they're coming in anyways. I'm, I guess. Where's the wine bottle? <laughs> the wine bottle's sitting right at their feet. Pick that shit up and bonk... <laughs> So you want Rowan to hit the child? Yeah. No, I want the... <laughs> Maybe, yeah, I do. Okay, okay. Yeah. So Rowan, panicking, the dread hitting them down in the deep pits of their stomach, catching on to the idea that if they look away, these children are coming in drones. The countless eyes outside, they don't know how many are out there or how many will come in. They realize the bottle of wine is still at their feet. Still corked, still sealed. They pick it up. They walk towards the child. The one who had originally tried to ask, please let me in. It's awfully cold outside. And breaks the bottle over the top of her skull. The child lets out a horrific, ear-piercing, otherworldly scream. It launches herself at Rowan, knocking them down on the floor flat. It doesn't take minutes. It doesn't take hours. It takes seconds for the children to all swarm over the writhing, bleeding, screaming body of Rowan as they rip them limb from limb from limb, devouring their flesh and eating their soul. What else was gonna fucking happen? They were coming in anyways. They were gonna <laughs> die anyways. Might as go out. Might as well go out swinging. <laughs> Might go out swinging. They tried. They tried. Right. It wasn't until three days later, when there were reports of the family no longer being there. Damn. They missed work. They missed school. Someone finally did a welfare check on this quaint little family. There was no signs of breaking and entering. The door was locked. 
All windows were sealed. And inside, the walls originally plastered with a nice baby blue pattern wallpaper were covered in blood red. Sheesh! They didn't find any bones. No bones, day. They didn't find any hair. All that was left was the blood soaking every surface in every room of that quaint little house located not too far and not too close to the neighbors in the cul-de-sac. Damn. <laughs> God damn. You picked wrong, my boy. Oh, fuck. You picked <laughs> wrong, my boy. <laughs> Are you ready for... I think you know. I think you know yeah. where you picked wrong. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so where you picked wrong, actually, it's not where you think. Okay. The pivotal point of this story was the second time she asked, will you let us in? We're awfully cold. Should I should have let him in? Should have let them in. Fuck. <laughs> All right. So at that point, Elizabeth feels a sense of dread. Rowan understands it too. They are sharing that sign, but they decide these are children and they need help. So they welcome them in. The children with their dark, soulless eyes, staring at them. Rowan closes the door, calmly behind them, wraps blankets around their bodies to make sure they stay nice and warm. They don't seem like they're shivering. They don't seem like they're uncomfortable. They sit them down in front of the nice little fireplace they have, and they start the automatic fire, getting them nice and warm. And they sit there, and they stare. And the time ticks on. At the them or the fire? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, time ticks on. 10.30 sounds on their old German cuckoo clock. And the kids stand up. The girl looks at the two adults and goes, thank you, and they leave. No comments, no Damn. questions. Rowan had already tried to call 911 to let them know that they had two lost children, and they hadn't even gotten there by then. But the kids said thank you, and they left, and they never saw them again. Should've let them in! You should've let them in! <laughs> Listen! Let me in! <laughs> let me out! Let me in! <laughs> All right, this is the tale of the black-eyed children. It's been noted that in some of the cases with black-eyed children, that by welcoming them in and giving them kind of comfort, like taking care of them like children, is that they will just leave prior to when police get there. There have been a few recorded accounts of people reporting black-eyed children outside of their house demanding to be let in, ringing the doorbell, banging on the doors, trying to get in. Some say if you let them in and you treat them with kindness, that then they will leave and they will not bother you. But if you deny them access originally and finally do let them in, that then they are mad and they come in packs and drones. So if you see some black-eyed children at your door, you better let them in. <laughs> Actually, don't. Don't even answer that door. You should not open that door, period. No, you are not real. home. You are hiding in your bathtub. You got a bottle of wine. But you drink that shit, not break that shit. Uh, this was recently made into a movie that is okay on Hulu. That one was more the, oh no, the children. They're messing with our psyche type right. of thing, which, you know. This is kind of a, a local legend in a lot of places. Definitely check with your locals if you are noticing a lot of black-eyed children, because that could be a bad sign. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. 
If you want to know more about this legend, definitely do some research. It's pretty interesting and definitely very, very spooky. For sure. Thank you so much for listening today. If you have any more recommendations or suggestions for cryptics, creepypastas, cursed Tumblr posts, things like that, go ahead and drop them in the comments below. Thank you all for listening in. Hope you enjoyed and got some cozy little spooks out of this one. Uh, And we will see you next week. See ya. Bye.